everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 27th. This is episode number 850. And today we're going to be taking your questions with a special guest on the show with me today. Steve Arterburn is here today. He is the founder and chairman of New Life Ministries and the host of the number one nationally syndicated Christian counseling talk show, New Life Live, which is heard by 2 million people each weekday, including myself, on 200 radio stations nationwide and also on Sirius XM Radio. Steve is also the teaching pastor at Northview Church in Carmel, Indiana, and the founder of the Women of Faith Conference. We're going to have a great conversation today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so you know what's coming up on my calendar. First of all, uh, thanks to everybody who's been uh, writing in and asking about the uh, upcoming events. I will be in California in just a couple of days. If you want information on where I will be, please see the show notes today, and you'll find the directions for the church and also the start and stop times for that event. That's coming up the first Saturday in December. And we're excited about that. Also have a brand new study coming up at Mom Strong International. And if you have not joined the community of women who are studying God's word with me, I want to encourage you to do it. Now's a great time to uh, jump in. We have a brand new format coming up starting in January, and we're going to uh, finish the year strong uh, with a brand new study that we'll release on the first Monday in December. So we got 14,000 of you studying with us over there. So hop on over momstronginternational.com. All right, without further ado, I want to introduce Steve to you today. You guys remember that last week I had my friend Marcus Brotherton on the show and we were talking about his new book, Kirby McCook and the Jesus Chronicles. And Marcus had mentioned to me that Steve was a co-author of this book, which is really exciting for me just to have Steve's voice in it. So uh, we've invited him to come on the show, and he's also going to stick around and answer a couple of your questions. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Heidi. Great to be here. And I really appreciate all you do because, man, if there was uh, any segment of the world that needed strength in what they do, it's moms. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, it's really true. And really the family, oh my goodness, we've seen the family under such attack in uh, in recent years. And I really appreciate your heart to bring a biblical perspective to the issues that that uh, that we're facing in real time. So I got a, a kind of a burning question for you. How in the world, and this is kind of what I said to Marcus too, how did you guys decide to go from what, because you've done, you know, every man's battle, you're known for really hitting hard topics and coming at it from a solid biblical perspective. And then Marcus is known for, you know, writing about the greatest generation and war heroes. And then the, the two of you jumped into Kirby McCook. And I was like, I said to Marcus, I said, wow, that's a little bit of a departure. But it was great for me to hear his heart to say, we got to figure out a way to engage kids with the Bible. So how did you get involved in this project? Well, uh, first of all, it is really uh, something different for Marcus. It's not so different from me. I have um, I've written uh, several series for kids, and I actually, for Tyndale, uh, I'm the editor of their NLT Kids Bible, and then um, just done a lot of different projects for kids. My first degree was in elementary ed, and I was so grateful uh, that Marcus signed on for this because no one could have done this better than him. But the idea came, uh, my son is, he's 13. When he was 10, 
he's uh, he inherited his mother's IQ and he goes to a school where everybody is their IQ is about 140 or more and Whoa. and they're all really bright. Well, when I took Solomon to Greece, uh the the people there said I think your son knows more about Greece than we do at age 10 and the and it was because of these Rick Reardon Greek mythology books that are so fun and funny and and he's read them all and so he says to me one day dad how come there aren't any books about bible characters real people and the real god versus all these fake greek gods and i said great question and from my past when i was in the third grade mrs mendel back then you could actually read the bible in uh school and she after lunch we'd put our heads on our desk and she'd read these old testament bible stories so i knew how much I had learned from those stories. So all of that goes together to me talking to Greg Johnson, who knew Marcus. We get together and we come up with this great guy, Kirby McCook, that's 12 years old, who knows a lot about the Bible. He's funny. His friends are funny. We get an illustrator that does these off-the-wall illustrations, and, and we We've come up with something. And of course, it would never be this without Marcus. We came up with this book that what we hear from people is my non-reading son finished it in one setting. They're 52. Wow. They're funny, uh, you know, chapters like Jesus spits, things like that. But here's kind of the headline. (laughs) And that is that when a child 8 to 12 years old reads this, they come to understand in a very real way that Jesus didn't show up in a barn on Christmas about 2,000 years ago. That's the overriding message that Jesus, uh, you know, everything was made through him, for him, and by him. And so that's a big thing. But the other thing is, uh, the great uh, theologian Francis Schaeffer said this. He says, the gospel needs to be recommunicated into each new generation. And that's what this is. Uh, you know, if if kids just look at the Bible as an ancient document for old people, it, it has no impact. But they are being impacted by the truths that they're uncovering in these stories that are really funny. I mean, I have these mothers say, and, and my daughter's just sitting there, she's laughing out loud. And, you know, the <laughs> subtitle, a 12-year-old's take on the totally unboring, slightly weird stuff in the Bible, including fish guts, wrestling moves, and stinky feet. Here's a way <laughs> that a parent or a grandparent not only can get kids to access God's truth, but you look really cool in the process. Well, that's something we talked about is just bringing your A-game. Like so many people, particularly this is uh, happening in the church, where we sort of give the leftovers to the kids. And Marcus was saying, no, we don't give the leftovers. We're bringing our A-game, which is really what you guys are doing. From the illustrations, the the different things that are attached to it, it really is a, an amazing project. And I'm so grateful uh, that we're able to speak into these kids' lives. You know, I'll tell you what we've done at New Life. And of course, New Life is my organization and it's a not-for-profit. But we've told people, the book is uh, $17.95, I think, retail. It's hardcover, $17.99. So I've told people, you call 1-800-NEW-LIFE, give me the name of the child that you want this for, donate $20 to New Life, 
and I will personally autograph it to them with something mature like, uh, Dear Bobby, hope you love our book. If you don't, please don't tell anybody. And I've, I've been uh, <laughs> autographing and we've been mailing directly uh, for parents and grandparents to these kids. And so uh, if anybody's interested in that, you know, it, it really is. 20 bucks covers the shipping and the book and all that. Well, tell us, tell me again, let tell the listeners again how they can do that because I know they're going to want to get in on it. Just call 1-800-NEW-LIFE, N-E-W-L-I-F-E, 1-800-N-E-W-L-I-F-E. Tell them uh, you want to make a $20 donation and you give them the name of the child um, and then the address, your address, if you want to give it to them or if you want us to send it directly, we'll do that. And it's done. It's that simple. That is fantastic. So I know people are going to take you up on that. Also, we are giving away a copy of the book today here at the podcast. So if you guys are interested in getting in on the giveaway, we've we've only got one copy, so it's going to go fast. And if you want to get an autographed copy, I should have talked to you before, Steve, because I give away an autographed copy. I love this, though, to donate to New Life. Uh, that's a fantastic way to support your ministry and also get this book into the hands of kids. And it seems to me you and I share a passion for seeing parents really step up to the plate and to, to begin the process of really, truly discipling our children and not leaving it up to somebody else. We shouldn't be leaving it up to the pastors, the youth pastor. Parents are the primary educators and the primary disciplers of their children. And this is a really great tool in the hands of parents, right? So you can get your kids in, have them sit down with you and really engage with them. I love that it's funny. You know, it's not boring. And the Bible's not boring. The Bible's anything but boring, and I think somehow we've made it boring. I'm not sure how we did that. Well, I, I do think that it is full of life, and I think um, what we've done here is, you know, the the Kirby McCook and his friends that he teaches, uh, you know, that's just kind of the, the structure, that's the environment we created, uh, the fictional environment in which the truth is presented in a really uh, unique and creative way. And I, I think that uh, where some people fall apart in their parenting is they really mean well and they they want to do things. And so um, like maybe they'll say, okay, we're going to do a devotional every day before you go to school. And it's so boring or it's, it's just not where yeah. your kids are living. And so this, you know, I really believe will be something that that you'll say, okay, this is easy. Um, And, you know, at the end of each chapter, if you want to do some more with with each one of the stories, there's some little notes here. There's a verse that, you know, it's great for memorizing. And then there's some other verses you can go to to really get a little bit deeper into it. But every every one of these stories is very easy for you to take it and just talk to your child. But maybe you have a child that doesn't really like talking about stuff. They just want to read things. That's okay. Let that be. Don't run, don't cram something down their throat when, when, you know, maybe they would just enjoy a nice book that they read on their own. But I, I think if you look at Amazon, you see the reviews that are there, you'll, you'll realize there, this is really something special. And I am absolutely thrilled to be part of it. Well, I hope you guys keep going. I asked Marcus the other day if you were thinking you might make it into a series. And he's like, well, I guess we'll see how the first book does. So I hope everybody will go out and uh, buy it, check it out. Such a great opportunity for parents to get the truth of God's word into the hands of kids. 
with a character that's going to be relatable and funny to them. I love that. I want to switch gears just a little bit because this uh, this episode airs on Wednesday. And on Wednesdays, I like to answer questions from listeners. And I thought, man, I'm going to. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I've got, you know, Steve Arterburn on the show with me. This is fantastic. And just get your thoughts on a couple of things that have been uh, rattling around kind of in my heart and my head and certainly lots of questions coming in from listeners. And one of them is the story that has that broke about two weeks ago now about comedian John Christ and his uh, his sexual addiction and the fact that there were several people that were kind of pulled into this thing. And then the question comes, what can we learn from this? I guess that might be maybe a great a great way to frame this. What can we learn from this? How can we as the church both learn to respond to it in a way that's godly, but also what can we take away so that we can protect our own families and our own marriages? What were your thoughts on the story as it developed and broke? Well, there's so many uh, stories like this. The sad thing is not that they happen. Usually the sad thing is the way that people react or respond to them. Um, typically in a big church situation, um, my friend Dave Stoop and I have been on many committees and brought in as consultants to churches. And what you see happening is uh, a lot of covering up and trying to uh, kind of minimize the impact. Then often you'll see um, two or three uh, the hero elders or hero deacons that are going to save the church. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're going to fix all this and make it okay. And they really, what they're doing is they're maintaining their access to a powerful figure and they're really not doing it for the church. They're doing it for themselves. They think they're doing it uh, for the church and for God and greater purposes, but not really. And so you have to let them run their course if they're in charge. And then finally you get down to, we have to deal with the reality here. And the the big thing is when people say things or when you see things that don't add up, you need to act on that and not minimize or overlook it. Because the earlier you deal with something, the better. I guess in John's case, probably this, the problem was, was known to be a problem for maybe four years. Well, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, all he had to do at any point was call 1-800-NEW-LIFE and go to the Every Man's Battle intensive that we do. There are people that have been struggling for years, ever since they were kids, and they go and they spend this intensive weekend with us and these Christian counselors, and they they develop brothers in the battle. They've got support. They've got a plan. And the big catastrophe is avoided. I mean, some of my biggest donors are people that give to New Life because they're not paying child support because we help them keep the family together. And and it and, and we dealt with it before it got out of hand. So I would just say this. Um, it is such a prevalent problem. The, the latest Barna poll said probably... You know, 60% of the men that show up in church on a Sunday are struggling with this. Now, there is no other problem that 60% of men are struggling with. And my my wife does a group, it's a sexual integrity group for women. And almost every one of the women there, um, and every woman there under 30, struggles with pornography. 
And that just wasn't true 20 years ago, even 10 years ago. So it's a very big problem, very common. The question is, if you have the problem that so many other people have, what are you going to do? You're going to try harder? Doesn't work. Uh, going to try to keep it a secret? Doesn't work. Question is, are you willing to get some help? And it doesn't have to be uh, public help. You know, you can get anonymous help. People come to us. Pastors come to us all the time. Nobody ever knows they ever came, what they did there. It's all confidential. What's not confidential is when you don't take care of it and then you're served divorce papers or you're let go from your position or like in the case of John Chris, everybody comes to discover the problem. And there's there's so much hope, so much help, but you have to be willing to humble yourself, ask for the help, and then go get the help. It's so important. I got a letter from a mom named Kelly a couple of weeks ago, and she said, Heidi, we recently discovered our 12-year-old son is viewing pornography online. He had already had his electronic privileges taken away for attitude and lying, but when we uncovered him hiding an iPad in his room, we then discovered the pornography he was viewing. We thought we had safety parameters in place for this, but apparently we were wrong or he found a way around them. Other than putting better parameters in place... How should we handle this moving forward? How would you handle discipline from this when he was already on restriction? I get this question in various forms all the time. I think it it harkens back to what you were just saying, which is this is an epidemic. This is pandemic in the United States, which I think largely due to access on the Internet. Uh, and I get letters like this all the time from parents. So what kind of hope can you offer Kelly and the other parents who are listening who are finding themselves in similar situations? Well, most likely, if they're having to ask this question, they're not going to like the answer that I have. And if they don't like the answer that I have, I don't think there is a lot of hope. And here's here's what I'm talking about. A child that's 12 that gets caught uh, viewing pornography, inappropriate images, whatever, and then their phone is taken away and all the screens are taken away. It is so devastating to them and so painful that most of them will do whatever it takes to, to prove to their parents, I'm not involved with this anymore. I, I want the freedom of my phone and screens. That's, that's the, the response that you want. Doesn't matter how they fell into it, whatever. It's pretty common. So when you find it and you confront them with it, you want them to feel ashamed, make promises. You want to restrict more. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, you you want to try to inflict consequences without making them feel like they're the worst, most shameful person in the world. That's really important. OK, so their son, they did that and he didn't respond to that. Well. Why wouldn't your first question be, how do I find a great Christian counselor for my son? I mean, why wouldn't that? Why don't people just think, hey, this this is beyond us. Uh, this is a character defect here. And if we don't jump in here at 12, we're going to be dealing with this at 14 and 24. 
I really do mm-hmm. think that there is a um, there is an ability to become addicted to pornography. I really believe that. Now, why? Because um, whether you inject a chemical, uh, if you experience a mood altering experience with whatever you you have hormonal uh, stuff and chemicals that are secreted in the brain, it's all chemical anyway. And so I would just and if you could cut off all pornography from this addicted kid, he would probably find something else to produce whatever it is that produces that relief or that high. So let's go get him some help. Let's find out where the disconnection occurred. Why doesn't he respond to normal consequences? Why is he so persistent? I mean, I if this boy lived in my town, I could tell you exactly who he needed to go see. And I would be, be very confident that that person would help him and the parents turn this around. Counseling is not for weak people. It's not for sick people. It's for people that have trouble with something. And here's this, this great resource, this great asset of the church. And it ought to be your first, first thing is, where do we find this person that knows how to help us with this? Because there are no quick fixes, no instant solution. There is no book you're going to read that's going to help you uh, fix this in this child. Your child needs some deeper help. Let me give you a verse. It's Jeremiah 6.14. says this. Jeremiah said this a few thousand years ago. They treat the mortal wounds of my people with superficial treatments. And now, you don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be putting a Band-Aid on something or thinking, oh, this is a stage or a phase. You want to jump in there early, early on and get the help that can turn this around. And, uh, you know, we don't blame the parents. We don't shame the parents. It's so common. But it's your responsibility to respond to this at the appropriate level. And more discipline, more punishment, more restriction is not going to fix the character problem that needs to be developed from the inside out. Well, and that brings me to kind of a, a question about biblical counseling versus uh, secular counseling. And, you know, we do a lot of this here at the show also is is moving people toward biblical counseling. Can you explain the difference? So let's say a parent's listening to this right now and he or she is saying, you know what, uh, Steve's right. I'm going to have, we got to get help. A, where do they find help and uh, how do they find it? And then B, does it matter? Should they be looking for a biblical counselor or will just any counselor off the internet work? Well, first of all, I, if, if it was my 12 year old, biblical counseling would be of no value to me if it was delivered by an 80 year old woman, my 12 year old son, right? So Mm -hmm. um, what I want is I want somebody that can help my son grow in character. So what I want is I want a Christian counselor who is licensed, trained, I mean, top of their game, who will uphold the values that we uphold. That, that, you know, someone's not going to think, oh, it's not that bad or whatever. So I need somebody that's special, that's a Christian, that's not just really good at talking to people, but has a license and has been trained and, and, 
And when you get a license from a Christian college in counseling, you get good, solid Bible background and foundation. So I want that person, but I want that person that specializes in 12-year-olds. <laughs> that That's the big headline right. for me. Got to be a Christian that's going to uphold the values. Got to be licensed and needs to be, this is their specialty. Now, let's say in my area, I don't have any Christians. Well, is there somebody that specializes in young people, but even though they're not a Christian, they're not going to tear, you know, they have the same values. Maybe they're Jewish and they have the same values. Well, I'd rather, you know, again, go to that person than an 80-year-old biblical counseling woman or man, you know. So we got to be sensible here. And I don't start with biblical. I start with, I'm going to try to get him to see a Christian who is really good at connecting with 12-year-olds. And I want them to have a license. I want them to be uh, at the top of their game. And where do we find these people? I mean, is there like a, I keep thinking, you know, I'm hearing about this and is there a registry? Do they just, are they just doing a search for their areas or a place where, I mean, in my, I guess in a perfect world, it'd be great if uh, Steve Arterburn started a brand new project <laughs> and you could come up with a database. No, it started 31 years ago. Well, there you go. And you call 1-800-NEW-LIFE and you tell them what you need and they're either going to tell you um, in our network of 1,300 Christian counselors, we have somebody in your area that specializes in that, or we don't. And if we don't, we talk about what are the options, because there are a lot of options today that didn't exist. You know, if you're in Nome, Alaska, you know, you can do some things online face-to-face with folks rather than do nothing. Well, it's fantastic. So uh, I love that. In fact, I'm going to link back to this phone number for those of you who are driving and, you know, whatever in the show notes today, 1-800-NEW-LIFE. All this is, this is also where you call if you want to get the Kirby McCook book uh, autographed and sent to you for a donation of $20. And is there, and where else can we find you online? Cause you're a busy guy. I was telling your assistant before I started recording, I was reading your bio and I said, I can't actually read this whole thing. It's going to take up the whole show. <laughs> Because uh, I said, when does Steve take a nap? She said, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> I sleep on airplanes, but I actually uh, have a lot of time to do the stuff I like to do, and which is raise a family. And um, before I did this, I ran my daughter's school bag to school that she forgot. But anyway, <laughs> you just call 1-800-NEW-LIFE and, and we'll help you with all of that and any of that. And um, I, I really want to help folks. I, I love hearing years later you know, it all began with a phone call and here's what happened. I love that. I love that. Well, for more information on Steve Arterburn and his fantastic ministry to families, please check it out in the show notes today at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I will link back to all things Steve Arterburn. Thank you so much, Steve, for coming on the show and uh, encouraging listeners today. And I wish you the best with your brand new book, Kirby McCook. Thank you so much. And uh, God bless you. And thanks for all the great stuff you do. And I hope that you feel encouraged because you're really making a difference with 
with a lot of folks that need you, especially those moms. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, I've been encouraged by everything that you're doing. In fact, I was sitting here writing notes uh, uh, furiously while you were talking. So it's wonderful. I appreciate what you're doing. For more information on Steve Arterburn, again, please visit me online, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. We'll link back to the giveaway for Kirby McCook and the Jesus Chronicles and also information on New Life Ministries. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.